Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. We're almost through the second month of this year, but that doesn't mean that you should forget about those New Year's resolutions, your new goals, especially your skincare goals. Small, easy changes in your routine can have amazing results. And your secret weapon should be Dime Beauty. I've been using this stuff. Look at me. Look at my face, Pace Case. You're glowing. How young do I look? Tell me. Tell me the number. That's a Pace Case glow. You look like a little baby. Thank you. That's the look I'm going for. And uh, I put this stuff on at night. <laughs> Dime's eye cream. And then they have a, a dewy day cream that I also use. And this is the result. I, I've i literally never used a moisturizer before. Mm-hmm. I've always had oily skin, but now it's getting to that time. And I made one of my New Year's resolutions to be to do my skincare routine. And I'm using the dewy day cream in the morning. I keep it on the left. Using the restorative night cream, I keep it on the right. It's Bam, bam, boom. I know which one to use. And now my face is moisturized all the time and it's so nice. Do you look like a baby as well? Thank you. I was waiting for it. <laughs> <laughs> a little slow. <laughs> but uh, this takes the guesswork out of the routine. So uh, this is part of the work system, the two moisturizers. There's also a sold out retinol alternative, the TBT cream. Uh, I can't wait to try that one as well. Dime has over 2 million happy customers and their product reviews are literally all five stars. This year, love your skin again. Go to dimebeautyco.com now and unlock your discount. That's dimebeautyco.com. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This, this is, is the, the game, game of roses. Welcome to the, the game, game of roses. What's my sister's birthday? If you don't know somebody's birthday, how do you really know a person? Like, do, do you know my sister's middle name? Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues. Welcome to the playoffs. We are in round one. Wee-oo, wee-oo, wee-oo. This is the time in every sport. America. When the game changes, when the regular season is over and the things that you have to deal with in the regular season are gone, you got to bring a different strategy for a different style of game. You got to raise your level of play because now you're playing against the best. You're playing against the players who made it through the crucible of the regular season who have been strengthened by what they have learned through these dog days. And now here they are in the playoffs. Hometowns, round one of the playoffs. 
in this round one, you don't have to have a second audience game anymore. That's out the fucking window. You're now dealing with a first audience, a third audience, always the fourth audience, and you're dealing with something a little special. You get to have a team with you. They're called your family. They're called your family. <laughs> and friends. <laughs> yeah, family, sometimes friends, sometimes extended family, sometimes saxophone players on the street. But the family has a role to play here. We are looking in the hometowns for the family to do possibly seven things. Give glows, which is where they say, you look very happy. I can tell you're in love just by looking at you. It's some kind of visual representation that this process is working. They give uh, blessings, which is sometimes formally asked for by a lead or a player. Mom, dad, would you give your blessing on this? Yes, I will. No, I won't. Sometimes it is given... Uh, not officially, not after a request. Sometimes it's just like, I support you in whatever you want. It's any version of that. Unsolicited blessing. We only saw unsolicited blessings this episode. <laughs> I know. Uh, the game has changed a lot. I will say that much. Um, but then we also get the attacks, of which there are five. These are also known as familial walls. And if you'll turn to page 186 in a book called How to Win the Bachelor, you can read along with me. But I will read for you now the five attacks. These are conversational tactics designed to knock the bachelor off guard and set up familial walls that he will have to overcome. The five attacks are one is time, two is location, three is other women, four is heartbreak, five is values. I'm going to read briefly what each of these are. Time. Your family demands to know how the bachelor can possibly be ready to propose to their daughter, sibling, roommate, etc., given the short timeline of the shooting schedule. Location. Your family expresses concern about the bachelor possibly taking you away from them to another faraway city. Uh, other women. Your family can attack The Bachelor by bringing up the remaining women. How can he propose when he's going to sleep with multiple other players? How emotionally involved is he with these other women? This is one of the most commonly used attacks. We saw it tonight multiple times. Uh, heartbreak. Your bad cop, or this is going to be the member of your family who is playing bad cop, can also besiege The Bachelor by requesting that he not break your heart. They may even bring up or re-hit a heartbreak PTC. We saw that tonight, that you were hurt before. This is pretty common. And they never want to see that happen to you again. And then values. Lastly, your family can assail the bachelor by questioning his values. Is he ready for marriage? Is he too young to settle down? Does he share or at least value your religious convictions? Or it could be cultural as well. How will you handle being a mixed race couple? All these different lines of questioning are fantastic for uh, familial Wells portion, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so we saw a lot of these tonight. Yeah. I would argue values is an exotic and we did get it tonight. Yes. So. Well, I think values also extends to... Uh, you know, we saw tonight, do you even know my sister's name? That to me is a values attack. That it's like, this can't be real love. Mm -hmm. I would I would argue that's a time attack. Okay. Well, we'll get to it. We're getting way ahead of ourselves, obviously. <laughs> as always. No fights before portion one. Yeah, we're, we're in the playoffs. <laughs> and we're proud to present this to you now. And now, Pace Case and Bachelor Clues proudly present... Analysis of play in this week of our beloved game. This is Game of Roses. All right. So here we go. We're getting close to the end of Historic Bachelor Season 27. We begin Episode 8, Hometowns, tonight on The Bachelor. We see a Huju. It's Hometown Week, Maple Syrup. There's dancing, a love level four, real life, culture, a tongue sandwich. He's just looking for the love of his life. Overprotective brothers, overprotective moms, tears. It's the hardest decision he's ever going to have to make. We begin portion one. We open with what I can only describe as a 10-minute long 
sequence of nothing but shower shots. Zach is scrubbing his armpits, his belly hair, his chest. I don't understand this. I really feel like they zoomed in on the titties for a lot. I feel like I was living there for quite some time. Well, uh, we haven't <laughs> seen any formal um, reminder that this is a Goldini mimicry of a season. We haven't seen that yet. We saw it here in this shot to me. This is rehitting the Goldini of it. I believe it is. This is like you're going to get a Council of Crowns. Yes, because what is the purpose of it? I mean, there's a symbolic purpose of it, I will say. It's that you see this in the beginning on night one, that he's preparing himself. It's like you're being cleansed before you go into the process. You're symbolically washing away all that was before it, a.k.a. the last season, in this case, Rachel Recchia. Here, you're getting ready to go into hometowns. You're washing away the regular season. Whatever emotional baggage you may have had from that, <laughs> you're now ready to go meet these parents, take it to the next level. Um, are the producers thinking about it that hard? Nah. I don't think the producers are thinking about it that hard, but this is what it is, symbolically. Minutia alarm. Huh? Minutia. We get flashbacks of the Katie story as he describes them. You know, she's, I would argue she's getting this front runner edit. Uh, Charity talking about being intentional. Ariel, late. Gabby, fun, but late bloomer. He finally gets out of the shower. <laughs> and he says, by the way, here, nothing about any of their personalities or why he likes them at all. These are all generic descriptions of the relationships. How they relate to him. Yeah, not yeah. about any of the people as individuals. Now, I'm not saying this is on him. I believe they have that footage. I believe if they wanted to cut that into this show, they easily could. Instead, they choose this. This is bad at job. The producers are not presenting this properly. <laughs> they have what they need to make this show. That's an early bad at job. It is bad at job. Come on. you. These things that he's saying, with Katie, it was almost immediate. Charity feels special. Ariel's one of those late-blooming relationships. Gabby, over the past several weeks, things have picked up. What? Who gives a fuck? None of this means anything. Terrible. Terrible job. It's horrible. We got. I feel like we got beat over the head with the descriptions of all four relationships this episode. And ugh. we start with hometown number one, the day portion for Gabby. We're in Pittsford, Vermont. We see two horses. She runs up to Zach. Mm -hmm. Now, how do I even begin this? We know what's happening here. It's a hooju. This is a time-honored okay. tradition in our beloved game. It's, just, it's the sub-sport. We know this. I've mm -hmm. spoken about it very openly on this very program. Mm -hmm. They do a good job here of location. It is a field of fallen leaves. It is in Vermont. It is fucking beautiful. This is Americana. This is the exact place you want to do something like this. Unfortunately, the hooju is terrible. Let's break it down. The approach does not exist. Gabby stands completely still as Zach is then forced to jog toward her. So that is a zero-point approach right off the bat, meaning this Huju cannot be higher than a five. The Mount and Kling are pretty good. Hate to see that early on. <laughs> I do. I, I don't know if she's a good Huju or not. All I know is she didn't take it seriously, as no one has this season. Uh, her Mount and her Kling are pretty good. She does get an ankle lock, but only two kisses in the bombardment. And then it looks like maybe a decent dismount into a double handhold. But uh, we can't really tell. The footage isn't there exactly. But 
Overall, the Huju is treated like a joke. There is no respect given to the subsport, and because there was no approach, again, um, the highest I can go on this is a 3.45. My apologies to Gabby, but I will also accept an apology for the insult to the subsport that was the Suju. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote in my notes after my rage settled from watching that insult to the subsport. <laughs> I feel like I have to give us a, a moment of silence to let the rage settle. <laughs> well, look, it's going to come back because, you know, there's some other... Oh, God. <laughs> I'll, I'll just wait until we get to it. I'll wait until we get yeah, to it. Yeah, I think that's for... It's it's best to really wait until that we get to that part. Uh, she wants to give him the full maple experience. Uh, show him why she is the way she is. These trees have been around for hundreds of years. They drill into one of these centuries-old creatures to uh, get some liquid gold, a.k.a. sap. <laughs> Gabby ITMs, my family is going to think Zach is hot, and then they play sexy music as they both finger this tree. Yeah. Um, this was a miss for me. It's mm, Me too. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you're watching, let's say, Perfect Match, you want to see a show <laughs> where people can talk about sex and they can have open chemistry play, and it works. Mm -hmm. That's that show. That's that show that you want to be watching. If you want to watch the most awkward representations of people talking about <laughs> sex and making jokes about sex and sexualizing inanimate objects, it's The Bachelor. This was so fucking bizarre, in my opinion. I mean, it's... It's like they're trying to recreate the Goldini season. Everything is virginal, like, oh, can't touch anything. Wait, what? Did Goldini finger a maple tree? No, I'm just saying he was a virginal season, born again. Yes, right. And they're making Zach be a born again. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, They do syrup tasting. Gabby ITMs, uh, this thing about nutrition facts about Gabby, that she's sensitive, gets hangry, coolness. And he picks the fake syrup in this tasting test. Again, it's not getting, it, we're not getting to know Gabby at all through that. Or even him. So he likes the store-bought syrup and that's supposed to mean something. And it's like, whose idea is that? He's your everyman. That, that's what it proves. But is that a producer coming up with that idea? Okay, come on, guys. Here's what we're going to do, Gabby. Here's what your hometown's going to be. They even fucking put it in the recap. You saw those clips in the beginning when he was in the fucking shower. He's scrubbing down his body for a hundred hours and they're they're clip showing you. They're fucking literally putting together recap clips of all their limo exits and shit, and hers was syrup. And now they're doing it again. If she wins the ring, there's gonna be some fucking syrup there. Neil Lane, you're gonna have to drink some fucking syrup, dude. <laughs> what? I don't know. Seemed right. <laughs> anyway, he selects the bad syrup. Neil Lane should be with them for this. I agree. Uh, they make out against a tree. <laughs> <laughs> and Gabby says her family knows she's been healing from her past relationship. Her mom wants to make sure she's safe. She's loading these mom walls. And I wouldn't come here unless I really cared about you or wouldn't have you come here. Love level one, two kisses. And she loads the last person I love level three to hurt me. But maybe tonight I'll be falling like the leaves. And she also says um, in these ITMs, I think we're turning a chapter in our book. You tell me that ain't fucking reader dialogue? <laughs> I think that's coded language right to us. What you reading? 
What pages? Well, I mean, 186, uh, if she knew anything about hometowns. She then also in that ITM says, uh, maybe by the end of the night, she'll be falling like the leaves, like you said. She literally is making a differentiation between love levels here and the importance of them. There's so much love level differentiation in this episode. It's unreal. It's unreal. Very reader behavior. All reader behavior. Uh we see the second portion of Gabby's hometown, the meeting of the family. Zach brings these flowers and gift bags. Gabby ITMs, I'm very close to falling in love with him. I consider that loaded love level two. Mm-hmm. At the threshold, she tells him, my family's going to love you. They kiss. They enter. One of the family members does some great finger play when they come in. Finger play? <laughs> great finger play at the maple syrup tree earlier. <laughs> Not like with the tree. No, that was terrible. Finger play. This is a 10 finger situation. Chloe, uh, Gabby's sister, the best friend, two brothers, mom and dad. And she, we learn, has this plan where she wants to plan a wedding with her sister who is already engaged. And then we meet the most important family member of all a little dog in a little green sweater totting for the occasion and this sweet pup who later interrupts to bark trying to steal some attention was my (laughs) creature of the week this canine family member Running through the trees, drinking as much liquid gold as he can find, was also my <laughs> creature of the week. Wait, what do you mean running through the trees? I don't know. He lives out there, doesn't he? Probably running around, licking up all the syrup. It's an indoor dog. He has a sweater. Oh, well, that's what I imagined in my head. As soon as I saw the dog, I saw him running through the leaves, having fun, drinking the syrup. But uh, it's a great creature. The creature had a, a speaking line here with the little bark. And we didn't have much choice. We also had, what, some doves? A couple horses in the in the earlier shot here. But You know what I would have loved to see when the dog was barking was Gabby pull a Shannon Oliver Walls play here and go outside to play with the dog and just leave Zach to fend for himself. Jesus <laughs> like Christ. The season one hometown. <laughs> that If you have not seen Bachelor season one, the third hometown on that was Shannon Oliver. Shannon Oliver also went on to refuse a fantasy suite that season. But this hometown date took place where? The source. It was Dallas, Texas. And she comes home, and as soon as they come in the fucking door, her dog, her hound, meets her. Do you remember the hound's name? I think it was Molly. Oh my <laughs> God. But I don't know. I could be wrong, but I think it was Molly. Oh, um, okay. She greets the hound and immediately walks out the back door with the hound to go play with the hound while Alex Michelle has to then sit and talk to the family. She is gone playing with the fucking dog. Amazing. This was one of the greatest fucking hound plays I've ever seen. Abandoned completely. God damn it. <laughs> anyway, Zach shakes hands all around. Gabby ITMs that her sister's two years older. They just got engaged uh, and they want to play in these weddings together. And then we get the group chat. And this is the same format will hold true for every hometown, uh, really for almost every hometown that's ever been edited. You see, they come in, they sit down, they recap their whole dating history, and then we start breaking off into the one-on-ones with various family members and bachelor or player combinations. But here in the group chat, they talk about maple syrup some more, then the date in London, 
And uh, then Evan's older brother pulls Zach for this one-on-one time. And Zach I team is being nervous, wanting the family to accept him. And then we get this thing. Out of the gate, he issues a heartbreak attack. What are your full intentions? Is my sister someone you care about? Is it something you mean? Zach says, absolutely. When I look her in the eyes, she's somebody that I could see a future with. And this becomes his line in every conversation. Someone I could see a future with, I could see myself falling in love with. This, I believe, is a producer coached line to minimize any bad feelings. It's like, listen, if you tell him this, it's true. You could see a future, right? That doesn't mean you're going to wind up with them. So you're not lying. Like, I do think the leads are coached on this kind of shit. This whole episode made me think Zach is not a reader for how he handled all of the attacks. Terrible. This was one of the worst lead plays in a in a hometown round I've ever fucking seen. He was not prepared at all. <laughs> no. Didn't understand it. And, I mean, we'll get to the next one. Uh, we'll get to Ariel's brother. A lot of interesting shit happened there. I mean, really some fascinating stuff that I think reveals some shit about the game too and about Zach's uh, psychology. Like when, we'll get to it, but don't let me forget this. When he when he I, tells him like... You're asking me that? Sorry, sorry. Okay, sorry. It's already gone. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> so, Zach tells Evan yes, and uh, I can see the future with her, and Evan says he wants her to come out of this happy. It's huge for Gabby to put herself out there. We sent, then see Gabby and her sister, and her sister just goes right at it. Is he the one? Gabby mirrors what Zach just said. She can definitely see a future with Zach. Again, this like non-committal language. It's like, yes, it's possible, I don't, but I don't know. They have so much in common, but they haven't had enough extended periods of time together. She says she could be falling in love soon. This is a loaded love level two. Could be falling in love. Oh, could be falling in love soon. Yeah, loaded love level two. And then Chloe says, it's good that you're feeling your emotions. That's a good sign. Chloe ITMs that she cares about her little sister because of her last breakup. It was tough. Then we see some one-on-one time with Zach and uh, Gabby's mom. Zach asks Stephanie for advice on how he can be the best support to Gabby. Stephanie says, Gabby is looking for someone to make her feel secure and safe. She feels vulnerable and it's a building of trust. As long as he's taking care of her, it'll be fine. Zach says he will always act with Gabby's best intentions in mind. And Stephanie says, time will tell. Hey, I don't know if that's a book, if that's a reader behavior, that's a fucking listener behavior. Oh, I wrote, Stephanie's in the pit here. Time will tell. Hello. (laughs) Hi, Stephanie. Thank you for listening to our show. We hope that we somehow helped you uh, through hometowns. Um, Right before this, Gabby's mom asked Zach, give her dignity and respect. And I'm like, you wrote off your dignity and respect in the contract with yeah. your civil rights. like Correct. That is, he, he is not responsible for that. He has, he barely can uh, affect that. Oh, I love the mom ITMs. I'm the practical one. My husband is the romantic. Mm-hmm. I love how she divided up their characters like this. You definitely want to do this. Yes. It, it helps people remember the family and they're like, oh my God, the dad's a romantic? How crazy is that? You never see that. I completely agree. This was some very strong parental play here. Yeah. We see Kevin, Gabby's dad, and Gabby. He asks right off the bat, are you falling in love? I I did not get her answer here. I wrote kind of. (laughs) Yeah, she says she could be, maybe, I don't know. Then he discusses meeting Gabby's mom in a lunchroom and knowing it was basically love at first sight, which means he is into the process of this. He believes that that can happen. Incredible play. I know. And then uh, the dad ITMs. So for TRR. That for him, love was easy and it could be the same for them. Um, Then we get this one-on-one time between dad and Gabby where he says, I will support you in whatever you choose. That is a blessing. And it is unsolicited, but blessing nonetheless. And dad produces tears. Gabby produces tears. She ITMs that it's been hard for her to open her heart, but this is what she needed to push. 
She is finding love. She is giving herself permission. Then Zach and Gabby go to a bench outside. This is not exactly the auto zone. Uh, they've started splitting the auto zone up into two pieces every time now. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've noticed. There's always now a bench yeah. and then the auto zone. Sometimes it's it was just auto zone. Yeah, the threshold bench. Yeah. Sometimes they sit on it before, sometimes after. But here we get the bench. And uh, <laughs> sorry. Help me, help me, help me. <laughs> no, what kind of bench though? Sometimes it's iron. Sometimes it's oh wood. We need to start keeping that statistic. <laughs> so they go outside and sit on this bench. <laughs> no. She tells him that it was a big box that needed to be checked. Then she tells him not for not to forget about her. He says, I'll never forget about you. How could I forget about you? Gabby tears because she's not going to see him for a week now. He tells her to have trust in, in quotes, us, whatever the fuck that means. She says if she didn't see a future with him, then she wouldn't be doing this because it hurts so bad. And she says she definitely does see a future with him. Can't wait to see him again. And she says she's finding love here. She says that to him. What is that? L2, I put? I don't see that as um, anything. It's a zero? To say it's it's something that we've never heard. I don't think I've ever heard that, that phrase. I'm finding love here. I'm finding love here. It means you're in the act of seeking it. I am finding it. But finding it. Is that a love level one? It has the word love in it, though. I'm giving it one. No. No. I put love level two question mark. I don't know. It ain't a three for sure, but it ain't a one. It has the word love in it. Okay, two. Fine. Yes. 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 Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that fist bump. Yeah. That's that's what I get excited about in life now is you and me having statistical arguments over what we should classify a love level when it uses a new wording. Uh, Notable, there's a four-car garage here. That's a lot of of cars. Uh, Gabby ITMs, I'm doing something so painful for me and so hard on me. She produces tears. She ITMs, time is very precious. I selfishly want more time with him. And we get this DLP casting card (laughs) where he says, Hello, fellow heterosexual men. I know you're already imagining introducing the next bachelorette to your parents. Apply now. He doesn't really say that, but it's kind of the implication. He said the last part. Admit it, you're already picturing yourself introducing the bachelor to your parents. Yeah. Well. Do you think there are men watching this show picturing that? No, I think this was geared toward women. Because doesn't it say, imagine it, you're already picturing yourself introducing the bachelor to your parents? Bachelorette to your parents. Oh, I thought it said the bachelor. No. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, wait, maybe I misheard it. I thought it was basically saying you're imagining yourself as one of the women on a hometown. Like, wouldn't this be a fun thing to do? I thought it was picture who the next Bachelorette is. And I'm like, we don't know, though. Oh, I don't know. So I don't know what it actually said. I thought it said Bachelor. But portion three begins. Hometown two, New York, New York, Ariel. This is a local tour guide date. Zach ITMs that she was mysterious at the beginning, but he really likes her. He meets her in Washington Square Park in front of the arch. We get a kiss. No huju. None even attempted. Flock of ravens also. Flock of ravens as well. <laughs> to represent her, how she's mysterious, <laughs> along with mysterious music. Okay. Ariel tells her that New York's an extended family member, and they agree that it's a unisex city. Then Ariel ITM's excitement at showing Zach around. It's always going to be the most romantic city to her. Not London, not Budapest. Um, they encounter a saxophone player. And Zach walks up and drops some bills in this saxophone player's case. And this saxophone player was my 
Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno, bystander of the week. You getting paid by the literal bachelor? You got the award. Yeah, got the award. This was the weakest Jorge Moreno episode of the season, maybe, and it was still pretty strong in that a sitting bachelor literally paid money to this Jorge Moreno. I think the saxophone is the sexiest instrument in the world, <laughs> and therefore this man got my... Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno, bystander of the week. Why do you think it's the sexiest instrument? Just I like the sound. Okay. Sexy. Kenny G fan. What do you think is the sexiest instrument? Computer. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) They uh, pass by some West Village chess players, but they're not naked and floating in a pool, so they don't stop to play. They go to this pizza place. Ben's Calzones. Ariel says, we have a small Ben, and it's the most important one, this pizza person. And then this very clunky intercutting of lines. They're entering this Jewish deli with Zach's ITM of Ariel's unlike anyone I've ever dated. We come from different backgrounds. And then they do food play with pastrami sandwiches. And tongue sandwich. But he likes it. Um... Then Ariel says that she's proud of her Judaism and where she comes from. She feeds him gefilte fish. He likes that. They go into one of her favorite coffee shops, she says, but she's tricking him. They push open a door. It's all dark inside. It's not a coffee shop. It's a speakeasy. Um, She ITMs that you don't know her unless you know her family. And in this bar, she plays this familial PTC that her parents were um, Russian Jews who fled persecution. They came to the U.S. and she and her brother are now first generation. She's proud of her family for making her who she is and setting up this life for them. And Zach admits he's getting nervous to meet the parents. Ariel says it's actually her brother he should worry about because he's so protective. Uh, Bobby, we learn, is this brother's name, who's going to become the family star player of this episode. And she says he offered to beat up her ex-boyfriends. Zach says, oh, I got to watch out for him. They kiss. And he ITMs everything she just told us, reminds us that uh, he's nervous and he hopes that being himself will be enough. We begin this portion four, which I believe is probably the most important portion of this hometown game. Nighttime, Zach shows up. He's got another bag of something and another grouping of flowers given to him by producers. All Kringles are. Zach ITMs that he's excited to meet Ariel's family at this winery in Brooklyn because he can see a future with Ariel. They pause before going in. She reminds him uh, that they're both going to get roasted. And he's like, what? Roasted? And we're going to meet. <laughs> I love this threshold play saying you're about to get roasted. Boom. Push him Just through. throwing him <laughs> off his fucking game. Exactly. This is going to be the worst experience of your life. Get in there. Uh, so she tells him or reminds him that she's going to, that he's going to meet her dad, Felix, mom, Marina, Bobby, her brother, Gabby, her sister-in-law. And we see all of them are holding this pre-discussion, which some families get sometimes in the document, about uh, Zach and their level of excitement to meet him in person. Bobby is uh, ready to go. They enter. Handshakes all around. (laughs) Ariel ITM is having Mr. Family so much. Yeah, he says, we'll see. I'm not holding my breath. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> right before they enter. Yeah, he's he's already just like, I'm going to fucking tear this guy apart. He's in character already, yeah. So they come in, and we get this little group chat. They discuss their dates. Ariel openly says, we had our first one-on-one, dot, dot, dot. Uses that phrase, one-on-one. So that means this family knows the game. They know what a one-on-one is. If you tell someone who doesn't watch The Bachelor, I went on a one-on-one last week, they'd be like, what the fuck is that? This family knows the game. Or they edited it out. What's that? Or it was edited out for time. What was? First one-on-one date together with Zach. Oh, uh, perhaps. I feel like it's I feel like it's open gameplay speech. I for me, that's evidence that they've read our book. Uh, the <laughs> they talk about how they had the date at the spa with the nude guests and got relationship advice. The brothers like don't follow their advice. <laughs> And ITMs, the whole experience is a little unorthodox. A little, I'm a little skeptical. My sister's capable. I'm the first line of defense. Okay. Oh, man. When he says that, first line of defense, you already know what headspace he's in. This motherfucker ain't getting out of here alive. And indeed, we witness art here uh, from a family player. This is this one-on-one time now with Bobby the brother and Zach. Bobby opens with an I don't know you from Adam. Already, you're off to a bad start. He's coming in, literally attacking. He's he's screaming in your face on the pure offensive, never relenting. He says, calling myself a skeptic is an understatement. Boom. Second punch thrown. He knows that Zach is the one picking, but at the end of the day, his sister also must choose Zach. And he says, why would she choose Zach? This, to me is an alteration of the fifth attack values. I don't know if you agree with that or not, Pace Case. I disagree. I think it is an attack mm. on time. Interesting. Okay. For me, I believe this is a, a fifth attack, attack on values, because later he does do a first attack, time attack. This to me was more about like, why should she choose you? Who are you as a person that would match well with her? And whatever it was, you want to call it a first attack? fifth attack, second, third, fourth. I don't give a shit. I'm going to call it the knockout blow. Zach is fucking rocked. He doesn't know how to answer this. This is where we see what a poor fucking player is. He's stammering. He has to think about it. He's nervous. Then he goes, well, I have a big heart and the person I end up with will have my whole entire heart. I'll do anything under the sun to let it be known uh, that they have my heart. Also, I'm a good cook. He tries to end it on this joke. (gasps) Fucking abysmal. Horrible. Terrible. And it truly exposes what I think Bobby is trying to get at here. He's right. When he comes in and he's like, look, you think it's all about you choosing from these women, but they have to choose you too. He exposed the arrogance of the lead, which I think Mm -hmm. Zach has. Zach does think it's about him picking all these women and fuck them. This is why Zach failing to sell himself to Ariel's brother was my error, 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 error of the game. He does not appear to be a reader. He doesn't know how to respond to any of these familial attacks. And he honestly comes off 4TWR here because of it. Yep. Not having an answer for why she should choose him, in my opinion, is abysmal. Suggests he's never even thought about putting himself in that position. You're the bachelor. You have to have a pitch for why you. 
Yes, this was also my error, 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 error of the game. Uh, abysmal. You can't do this, dude. And it's a very simple thing to answer as well. But I agree with you. You see that he is now 4TWR, at least in this relationship. And that is because he never intended for her to be the ring winner. At this point, he knows who the ring winner is going to be. And so he's just trying to make it look like he actually cares about... Or at least it's either Gabby or Katie. (laughs) Yeah. But certainly we know uh, from this conversation, I believe, Ariel is not going to be the ring winner. And so he's trying to figure out a way to lie to these people directly in the face. It's not an easy job, but it is what you signed up for. Um, And he fails here. He fails at the job. All you have to do is say that you're falling in love or it feels like it's possible to fall in love with her. You use the word love and it will exonerate you in any of this. He never does. And then uh, after Zach is rocked from this, his joke lands like a fucking anvil. Bobby (laughs) follows it up with a first attack, the attack of time. Can you really get to know someone in the short amount of time and even fall in love with them? Zach says, he knows how he feels. He did fall in love with this process, hearkening back to Rekia. He's confident that what he has with Ariel uh, will result in that. Bobby reminds him that it's also Ariel's family that needs to accept him, and they come from different backgrounds. So how do you reconcile that? This is a traditional fifth attack, a, a direct values attack. Values attack. And Zach says their families have different backgrounds. He just feels that if two people love each other, families will make it work. Totally ignoring the fucking question. And then we start with this like dramatic thriller type score comes in. It's almost like a horror movie or like an action movie or something. Bobby has him on the ropes. He goes in for the kill. When's my sister's birthday? Not even sure we've ever seen this. And what is this? Time attack? Values? Okay, this is the one that I thought was a time attack. Okay. Because it's basically saying you haven't been dating them long enough to know these important facts. Yeah. Okay. I'll I'll go with that for sure. But it is also... It's kind of a values because it's like, are you a dick? You know, like, are you a dick for real? The sixth, the sixth attack. The dick attack. (laughs) (laughs) But he, I mean, these are plain and easy questions that, like, it really also exposes kind of the absurdity of the process because it it really is, you're right, I think, a time attack. Yeah, you may not know what their fucking birthday is. He's known her for like three weeks, you know, or her middle name is the next one, you know, it's these details that you don't know. So maybe it is a time attack, but at any rate, he flounders here, doesn't know these things, and it's he's as good as fucking done here. No, he's like, oh, it's, we have the rest of our lives to get the small details. I'm focusing on the big picture. It allows me to look myself in the mirror at night. I, I feel like Zach's approach to these hometowns has been not asking for blessings, but he's just, he, he is not prepared here at all. And honestly, I feel like it's the producer's fault. Like, they should have helped him, prepped him. Absolutely. And uh, even what he says here, there's a little piece of language at the end where he's like, like you're saying, it's what allows me to look at myself in the mirror at night. He knows that this process is fucked up by saying that he's saying this is psychologically a bad thing. I know that I know I'm doing harm to people. And in order to look at myself in the mirror, in order to reconcile the nasty shit that I'm being forced to do, I have to just look at the big picture. Sorry, I don't know her fucking middle name. Sorry, I don't know her birthday. But she's on this show and I have to lie to you now. That's essentially what uh, he said. Clues. I quit bras during the pandemic. I said, no more. They're not comfortable. I'm being comfy as a lifestyle. Um, And I couldn't picture 
a bra that would exist that I would want to wear. But today's sponsor, Honey Love, has revolutionized the bra game. They don't have underwire. They don't have bulky fabrics. And they are so soft. Basically feels like a second skin, which is the only type of bra I will be wearing in the year of our gore 2024. Mm -hmm. I got the crossover bra, the black runway one. It has this cute like mesh that adds peekaboo mesh that adds this very sexy touch. So it's like doesn't look like it's, you know, a comfortable bra, but it is. And I guess I'm a bra person again. It turns out. Well, congrats, Pace Case. I know it's a big step for you right Mm -hmm. now. You can treat yourself to the best bras on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com slash roses. Use that exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash roses. After you purchase, they're going to ask you where you heard about them. Please support Game of Roses and tell them we sent you. Treat yourself to Honey Love because you deserve it. Clues, I got to be honest, I didn't know much about wine until we got First Leaf as a sponsor. And this is a wine club. Love to be in a club. They have amazing wines and exclusive perks. This is First Leaf membership. I filled out the quiz. I answered these questions. They sent me the things that were tailor suited to me, including the Dita Akello 2022 Mm. Shiraz Rosé from Southeastern Australia. Shiraz. Rosé all day, baby. It's one of my favorite types of wine. When you're celebrating, you know, February, the month of love, I love to have it. It'll be even better for springtime. Rosé is the color of spring, I always say. But I'm thankful to First Leaf that I got to try it. With First Leaf, you get to choose when you want your box delivered and how often you get new assortments of wine. You get to be part of that wine club Pace Case was talking about, which is going to give you access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. So if you want wine pairing advice, you want to talk about the wines you're getting in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus, you get that member exclusive pricing on every order. Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F.com slash roses. Tryfirstleaf.com slash roses. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? I always am. Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the U.S. uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Canopy, known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, has revolutionized the filtered showerhead. Dermatologists recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water, leaving you with healthy hair and glowing skin. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free. Installation is a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement unlike any others on the market. Go to canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, everybody listening to Game of Roses can use the code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, 
your hair and skin will thank you. Hey. Um, so Zach then ITMs understanding how Bobby is feeling. He can't change that. He says he gets the, t- the tough brother thing. He's a tough brother. I thought he was a weird brother, but dads are not easy, he says. And then we get this one on time, one-on-one time with dad uh, and Zach. And the dad tells Zach that he's a demanding person. How is my daughter different than the other choices? This is a third attack. Other women. Zach says two things. Kindness. So I guess all the other three are fucking terrible pieces of shit. And two, she makes him feel his most comfortable self. He can see a future uh, with her. And I guess that's good enough. We then get um, Ariel and Bobby and Gabby. That's her brother and sister-in-law. And Bobby says, do you like this guy? Then issues a time attack. Can you really know somebody in this short amount of time? She says she knew she had feelings for him. She feels chemistry. She says he could be my forever person. He could be my best friend. Those feel very producer written to me. Uh, those lines. And Bobby is just like, well, this is a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Great line. <laughs> uh, we then see Ariel's dad and Zach, and Zach tells him, I could feel differently next week. It, oh, it is real. God. Have faith. <laughs> and his dad ITMs. When the choice is one out of four, he said he could be different in a week. Why am I expected to be 100% when the other answer is 25%? I hope right choices are made. I loved this line by the dad. <laughs> yes. But Zach is just, he's, he's, playing this so fucking poorly. You should never tell any of the parents, I don't know, day to day, I don't know who I'm going to pick. It's just kind of a crapshoot. I flip a coin, fuck it. Like, you can't say that. Even if that's the truth, you cannot say that to these families. That's part of your job as a bachelor. It's fucking insane how he's playing this hometown, in my opinion. Yeah. Ariel tells her dad, this has been amazing. First time she's opened up in 2.5 years. I know it's hard to process. And the dad says it takes years to get to know someone. It's high risk. Are you ready for an engagement? And she loads a precog here. And he says, I trust your judgment. You've proved hundreds of times we can see things differently, but we support you. And then we see a bench outside uh, after they leave. And she, we get this little debrief. She tells him that she thinks... He's amazing, and her family saw that firsthand, and she is definitely falling for him. That's a love level three. We seal it with a kiss, and he tells her she's so special, and he can't wait for what's to come, uh, which is going to be him executing her probably after fantasy suites, I would guess. That is a kiss, and then she ITMs feeling good and reminds us how hard it is to not see him until the rose ceremony. Another kiss. We begin portion five, hometown three. This is Charity, Columbus, Georgia. Day. Charity ITMs that she is feeling all the feels and she sees a future with Zach. They meet on a bridge. She jogs to him and I wrote, does a hooju, I guess? It's cut to shit. Bad footage. No dismount or maybe there was no idea how to even rate it because their representation was so unbelievably terrible. I'm sorry. It gets worse. Just wait. Charity says they're doing the meeting of the family first. Her mom, brothers, her sister, childhood best friends for this. Oh, shit. Hang on. I forgot. Also, Ariel's brother, Bobby, had my... Play, 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 play of the game. I mean, not really. Um... (laughs) But I have to. I mean, he's not a player. He's a family player. But I got to give him my play. That fucking attack. You, you can give a you can give a play to a family member. 
for sure. I just thought it was the most aggressive and successful attack that we saw all night from anyone in this game. All of the actual players were just kind of textbooking it. Nothing out of the ordinary here. Nothing flashy. Nothing to write home about. After the episode happened, I was like, what happened in this episode? And I was like, there was the brother attack. That was the only thing I could even think of. Exactly. So, Bobby, you get my play. We have this family tailgate. Uh, we close up on this fried chicken and food. Zach and Charity kiss. We meet the brother. He says we want this fairy tale for her. But what if Zach doesn't choose her? And they enter. And I really felt like we never have the meetings of the family outdoors. Generally, this is pretty rare. And I feel like this was a missed opportunity for Charity to do a family hoodoo. Mm. Yes, I agree. But Charity's mom does ITM that the way she was walking told her Charity was happy. This is a glow, in my opinion. Right out of the gate, unsolicited. Yes. They sit down to recap their dates and locations. Then Charity's dad uh, ITMs that they look happy and they look beautiful together. But he has a big question for Charity. This is a glow with a addendum on the end that is going to be this question. And we see the one-on-one time with Dad and Charity. Charity admits... A glodendum? A glodendum. A <laughs> dad glodendum. <laughs> Charity admits that they have not said the L word yet. He asks her where they think they're headed. She says it could be something serious. She produces tears here. Tears all through this episode, by the way. Charity's a fantastic fucking tear player. Uh, Charity is amazing through this whole episode. For me, it was definitely giving Next Crown edit. Yeah, and then in the promo when they say that they're going to reveal the Bachelorette and the Women Tell All, like, who else could it be? That's what I'm assuming. Me too. Time will tell as whose mom said that. Yeah. <laughs> Gabby's mom. <laughs> Gabby's mom. Uh, Charity says she hasn't said the sacred word, love, and but it could be for real. And Charity's dad looks surprised at this. Reveal and makes my face play of the game. It's a giant. It's a giant face play. He really knocked it out of the park with this one. I'm not surprised because Charity is an amazing face player too. She's producing more tears here. She talks all about how her family, her parents are her role models, her vision of what she wants. And then we see her produce tears with her four, like very gentle 4TRR friends also. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they're like, are you falling in love or falling? Her friend Marin. Hello, Marin, a reader. Yeah. Charity says, falling. And Marin says, are you prepared for the outcome you don't want? She says, risk, risk I'm willing to take. And her friend Molade, ITMs, I've seen her through so many growth periods. After the last breakup, we want to see her have love. It's really setting up this victimization edit um, that we're going to see at the end of this episode. We see Zach chat with the gentle 4TRR brother <laughs> and tell him that he's compartmentalizing everything he can, but Charity is incredible. But even this 4TR gentle brother issues a third attack. Where are you with the other women? And Zach's like, well, I'm compartmentalizing. Then he does a fifth attack. He says they feel comfortable and they're both looking for love. Uh, and he sees trust with her and feels like there's a way to find love here. Saying that, like there's a way to find love. Well, that's not good. 
And then um, her brother basically says, I can't protect her from everything. And we see some one-on-one time with Charity and her brother. Charity says, Zach is extremely emotional, emotionally intelligent, produces tears. Brother issues a third attack about the other women. Asks if she's prepared to go through heartbreak again. She produces more tears. And he tells her she just deserves the world. And he produces fucking tears. He doesn't like seeing her like that. These bro tears, you never see bro tears. No. Bro tears are extremely rare. Um, this was an incredible play. This was Bachelorette edit music also over this whole thing. Like, you deserve your fairy tale. Yep. Um, and then they tell each other that they love each other. And he says he wants the best for her. And Charity ITMs at the hard questions. Uh, and the threat of heartbreak is making her second guess her planned raise of Love Level 3. This is a very uh, good dramatic end to like, is she going to fucking play this shit or not? And then we cut back. Mm-hmm. Portion 6. Um Charity's mom, my team, is the last person she brought home didn't end well, so she wants to know where she is in the moment. And we now get this one-on-one time between Charity and her mom. Charity tells her mom that she has consistently shown up as what she's looking for in a partner. Sorry, that Zach has. And uh, Charity's mom asks if she's falling in love. She says she's in the process of falling. That's love level two. Before that, she says, have you dug deep? Yeah. You think they're readers? She's digging deeper. Just <laughs> more data. It is. Well, we'll have to... Crunch the numbers later. But um, she says she is in the process of falling, but it's scary to say to him. What's in the process of falling? That's LL3, right? I mean, she's already loaded love level three, so... Right. All right. Consider this loaded. Charity says that love level three would be a game changer. This is open gameplay speech. Produces tears, and she wants a story like her mom and dad have. Mom then produces tears. Mom only wants the very best for her and to see her growth and opportunity she has right now to fall in love with someone who can see her for, for her is her prayer and hope. Mom only sees good things with Zach. Christian invocation. Christian invocation and blessing. Charity ITMs that she never sees her mom cry like that. She must be, she must see something. Charity's glowing herself. She didn't even know (laughs) she needed to get (laughs) to the next point today. Well, she didn't even know what she needed to get to the next point, but today was it. It went perfect. They leave. Charity has one more surprise for him. They go to a line dancing bar and dance around. Uh, They're kissing and we see Charity ITMing that she has been curating the perfect moment for a love level raise, but there is no perfect moment. She needs to say the words, I'm falling in love because that's real and that's what it is. This is all very specific gameplay speech about the raising of love levels, the differentiation between love levels, and the need to create a moment around the play. And so the producers here help her curate the moment by getting them in this kind of like romantic little alleyway by themselves. They kiss. And she says, I can honestly say that I'm falling in love. Love level three. Very well done here. This love level three while they're making out in the alley at the end of the night where she'll say she's going to bed the happiest girl in America a thousand percent see yourself engaged to Zach with this loaded precog was my play, 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 play of the game. I love how she was discussing it earlier and she was discussing her fears about it and like, what if it goes wrong? But then she also times it so it's at the end of the night, like they're having a great time. He's not going to break up with you in that specific moment. You're not going to have a really long time to talk it out. So you've reached that love level three without 
him directly being like, oh, I have to benevolently execute you right here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. It was very well done. Which it can be hard to navigate at, at this point. The benevolent execution is kind of what you want to do. Like, don't fly to LA. Don't. But I also think that they, it's harder for them. Like the producers don't allow that because if they want her to be the bachelorette, she's got to go through the end. She's got to be at the rose ceremony. We have to have the official exit speech, all that shit. At any rate. That, no, I think maybe they helped her time it in this way, Mm -hmm. but I just thought it, I thought it was great. Then we get a senior casting card. We begin portion seven, hometown number four. The final one, it's Katie. It's in Austin, Texas. She meets him in a park. Looks like they did a hooju to me. It looks like they did one. We're never going to know because the coverage and the presentation was so shitty. I don't understand this. I truly do not understand this. They are making these players do hoojus. They are separating them by 20 yards And they are literally saying go to prompt one of them to run to the other. They practice them. They reshoot them. If you're going to do that, why present it like pure shit? Show me conspiracy town. The thing. This isn't a conspiracy. This is true. No, I have one. Oh, what do you got? They know how much you love hoojus. Everybody fucking loves hoojus. And now hoojus are 40WR if you're really into them. Everybody loves hoojus. This is like in baseball, if you would fucking present a home run as the pitch gets thrown and then you cut directly to like a fan catching the ball in the outfield. You don't see the batter hit it or the ball fly. They're just like, nah, fuck you. You just need to know this. It's so dumb. And it's like I, the thing that that kills me again is they set these up. The producers make the players do these. They find the spots to do them. They fucking set them down like they're sprinters at the Olympics and fucking fire a gun to get them to run. It's like, why do all that? Why go to the effort of having them do a huju if you're not going to put the huju in the fucking show? I don't understand it. I never will understand it. We got to get to the bottom of it. (sighs) Bad a job. Anyway, she tells Zach that she's only been there a few weeks in Austin and she wants him to help her get settled in. So they're going to run some errands. This is a day in the life date. She takes him to a grocery store. Zach ITMs that this is going to give him insight into what it would be like to be with her. So they shop around and Katie ITMs being interested in what foods he picks out. They talk about cereals and noodles and they Katie ITMs how grocery shopping with Zach is so fun because he's so goofy and he makes her happy enough to become a brighter, bigger version of herself. They drive off. They go to her house. Missed opportunity to dance around with a pizza box on your head here. Or maybe she did and they just fucking cut it. They drive off. They go to her house. We get a little kiss here. This is a Mikasa now. Zach's ITMing how effortless it is with Katie. They pull up to this house and he shows up with um, some flowers and a bag. He's cringling her home. He ITMs that this is as real as it gets and it feels so natural with her. Cringling her home. (laughs) And they start putting together a bookshelf. She compliments his muscles. He's screwing in light bulbs. They move this mattress and lay on her bed. And she ITMs being ready. I love this date idea, by the way. Thought this was hilarious, making that making him set up your bookshelf a hundred times better than uh, drinking syrup than the maple syrup. Everybody knows Club Med has been the pioneer of the all-inclusive resort since 1950, with almost 70 resorts worldwide, ranging from 
beachside destinations in the Caribbean and Mexico to exotic locations like the Maldives and Morocco, or even the mountain destinations like Japan and the European Alps. Dine on delicious gourmet cuisine, enjoy more than 20 activities, and make memories with your family. For more information, visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Yeah. yeah. Um, then they get this little talk. She says she's doing the normal stuff. She says doing the normal stuff with them felt really good. And tonight he's going to meet her family. No dad. But it means so much to her that he's going to meet them, especially her mom. She values her mom's opinion a lot. And... Um, Katie produces tears here and essentially says her mom's an amazing person and she values her opinion a lot. She's been through so much and she's a phenomenal example of the type of mom she wants to be. Katie ITMs that it makes her emotional because her mom had to wear a mom hat and a dad hat and she rehits that double estranged father PTC here, produces tears for TRRing it and uh, says her mom's an amazing woman. Great intro into this meeting of the family. And at the mm, end of it, yeah, uh, Katie ITMs that there's no question. She's falling in love with Zach. This is a loaded love level three. She respects her mom's opinion. If she doesn't have her approval with Zach, then can't move forward. Katie really did a fantastic job of setting up the meeting of the family in every way. She tells you why. She tells you first that the familial blessing is important. The relationship cannot move mm -hmm. on without it. Then she tells you who in the family uh, you need to get that approval from. It's the mom. And then she tells you why that is the case by rehitting her PTC, which is brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. She does her own basic recap of her emotional storyline throughout this season in this thing and hangs it on some drama. Is Zach going to be able to pull off this blessing or not? She is such a deft and skilled player. She's been loading this love level three... Love level three for two weeks now. I know. She didn't play it last episode. She knew she didn't need to. So she can hold it and she loads it again. So you're like, yep, she's like got these walls, but she's got it. She just needs to overcome those walls. And you'll see that represented visually by a love level three. We get to this meeting of the family portion. Katie's goofy right off the bat. Sweaty palms coming in hot. And they go inside. We see the aunt, the grandma, the brother, and KDITM's having two father figures walk out of our lives, made us so much stronger. I need their approval to move forward. Hits it again. Zach tells the family they had an immediate spark. And Anne, ITM's a glow. Not used to seeing Katie so comfortable and handsy. Should have seen uh, what Zach was doing in that forest in Vermont. You want to talk about handsy? See what I did there? Boom. <laughs> <laughs> we still got it. <laughs> we see uh, mom and Katie and the mom ITMs. It's weird not to be a part of her relationships. I love her so much. I miss talking to her. Produces tears. Katie tells her I feel so good about him. He's genuine. He's down to earth. 
uh, DTE, literally perfect guy. Mom says, okay, so you're there. You feel you love him. You feel you could be engaged. What about the other women and connections starting this attack? He says, obviously, it's not normal. That's a third attack. The third attack. Yeah. And she says, I didn't know what to expect, but I value your opinion. Produces tears and says, you're my mom. You mean the most to me. We cut back to mom and Zach. Do you say things like this to your mom? What? (laughs) You're my mom. Never mind. You want to hear what kind of things my mom and I talk about? Tune in to The Necessary Conversation every Monday. That's another (laughs) podcast that I do with my parents where we talk about politics. Um, Listen to Clues' entire relationship with his mom. (laughs) Basically, yeah, if you're curious about it at all. But trigger warning, the whole thing will trigger you. Trigger warning. Then we get this one-on-one time between uh, Katie's mom and Zach. And Katie's mom says she can see in Katie's eyes that she's smitten. This is a glow. That's concerning because the last relationship wasn't the best experience. And she knows there are other women. That's a third attack. Uh, And when Katie gives her heart, it's 100%. And that's why, uh, and she asked where he is with Katie. Zach says it's strange to him too, the process. But with Katie at this point, um, he can 100% see a future. And Anne here uh, gives reader behavior. (laughs) She says, are we saying possibly that you think you might be falling in love with Katie? She's trying to extract a love level two here. And as she waits for his answer, she grits her teeth and turns the corners of her mouth down in anticipation (laughs) of his answer to be delivered. And this was my... Face play of the game. Fucking, I love everything she's doing here. This is a mom that will go down in the history books, I believe, as one of the best good face play mm-hmm. and she's doing i mean she's literally saying give me a love level too double glow mom tears like e- extracting the love levels is amazing we don't see that very often sometimes they'll generally ask about it but like to s- clarify and try to get that exact verbiage out and Zach won't do it he s- uses the sacred word defense so that word can't be tossed around in my book but I see myself falling in love with her. Loads this love level two for Katie. That's the highest this man will go. Mm-hmm. And then we get some one-on-one time with Katie and her aunt. Her aunt asks her how this guy's going to fit in with their close family. Katie says he's genuine. He'll fit in fine. She's been able to open her heart because he makes her feel so safe. The aunt says, are you falling in love with him? And Katie, future cast here. I can see him being the father of my kids, but I haven't told him that I'm that I'm falling in love with him yet because using the word means so much. Again, sacred word defense here. And the aunt says, you have to be vulnerable if it's love. And Katie does some tear play. It's so scary. <laughs> Katie then ITMs the PTC about her past relationship being seven years of pure toxicity. She stayed longer than necessary because she had all these father figures leave from her life. And she tells her aunt she likes him so much. This is a loaded love level one regression. And she doesn't want to lose him. She can see it. Tears. Katie then ITMs that every man in her life has failed her and she's worried about him leaving her too. She sees him as her husband, but she can't deal with another man walking out of her life and her mom never got married. That's what she wants for Katie. She needs validation that her mom sees the same things in Zach that she does. So they've they've actually put this segment together pretty nice. It ramps up to the end here, the big finale. What is the mom going to tell Katie? And she essentially says, I'm in. The, she says, I know that you want my approval. He's uh, 
kind and sweet and he ticks all the boxes. I will support this moving forward. That's all Katie needs to hear because she can feel herself falling in love with him. She loads level level three here after getting the blessing. This is textbook. Yeah, textbook. Uh, everybody group hugs. Katie ITMs that after being let down consistently, she finally has this man who's going to give her unconditional love and she's going to give that love right back to him. And then they go to the debrief bench. She says after... Oh, by the way. Yeah. There's a very exceptional ladder behind Katie and her mom during this conversation and it was my ladder of the game. <laughs> I didn't notice it, but I'm glad that you did. Uh, they go to the debrief bench, and she says, after the hometown, she could see him and her family, and it makes it easy to say that. Gotta respect the subsport. I fucking totally do. I love the latter subsport. <laughs> I, I totally respect it. I just didn't see that one. But uh, here she she raises to level level three. She says she's fallen in love with him. It's scary, but feels so good because her heart feels so safe with him. Big kiss. They go to the auto zone, and she ITMs that he's the man she's literally dreamed of. She is opening her heart uh, to potentially get shattered, but she has to take the risk if it means he's going to be her husband at the end of this. You know, a little play that I liked here a lot was that Katie asked for a group hug and has the whole family hug Zach at once at the end. It was very like <laughs> Luke Parker. Luke Parker and his where he took her to the church and made all of them be like, he's an amazing man. Hannah Brown, let me tell you, he's the best man. <laughs> uh, but I really love this Love Level 3 by Katie. And we see a cameraman here in oh. the AutoZone briefly. Congratulations to that cameraman, part of the document. On the saxophone. Portion 9 begins, Day, Los Angeles. Zach ponders. He's IT, he ITM's feeling uneasy about the rose ceremony coming up. He doesn't know what he's going to do yet. Sounds to me like he needs some help. There's a knock at the door. Guess who? Goldini. <laughs> I wrote down, if the 10 minutes of gut scrubbing that opened the show didn't remind you enough of Goldini's season, here's Goldini himself to let you know that the producers are trying their hardest to crowbar a perfect season down your throat again. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I just, I don't know what the, how do you feel about the Goldini Council of Crowns? <laughs> It is the fakest shit I have ever seen. It it feels like, I don't know if it's a generational or the, it's just a different generation of The Bachelor, but them two together, it just, it the disparity feels so, they don't seem to be gelling. <laughs> no, but it's also because it's like the era now, and Zach Shawcross may be a part of this, it's like, I don't know if he will or not. I don't know if he'll ever come back to the ba the Bachelor franchise or not. But like he at least is in this era now where there's like paradise exists. Instagram exists. It's a different fucking thing. Yeah. Goldini got in, got his wife and got the fuck out. And he comes back when they ask him to like show up at after the final roses and like shit like this. But he's not like fucking scrounging around on Instagram and shit. He got his million. I think Catherine got her million. And they're doing their thing. It just feels weird to me at this point. Like, I feel like the Council of Crowns didn't used to be so awkward. Well, it's like, what can what advice can he give him? The game is different. Yeah. You know, when he's like, you got to trust your heart. Oh, I remember when I did hometowns. It's like, no, but it's different now, dude. Sorry. It's just weird. That was before the internet. Well, it was, it was before Paradise for sure. So you weren't thinking like all four of these players, you weren't like, oh, I wonder if they're thinking about going to paradise. Every bachelor now thinks about that. You have to. Or I wonder if they're just here for Instagram and they're tricky. Exactly. Me. Like that shit didn't <laughs> exist in his season. At any rate, 
we get this horrible, horrible recap. I'm tired of the recaps in the document. This is a fucking... Put a recap on YouTube if someone wants a recap of it. They can look it up on YouTube. Why is that in my document? This recap footage is footage from the episode we're watching. Is it? I I can't even tell. I feel like I'm losing my mind. No, it's recap footage of the different hometowns. He's talking to... He's fucking telling Goldini about the different hometown dates and we're seeing footage from the hometowns we we literally just watched in the same fucking episode. All I wrote, all caps, this is terrible. Bad at job. Bad at job. <laughs> Why are you doing this? We, we were watching the episode. We watched it. Literally tonight, we watched it. We don't then have to re-watch it. And this whole fucking thing that he's doing with Goldini, he's like, oh, we're fuck Goldini's like, Oh, I started feeling the pressure of the playoffs too. My mind drifted back to how much fun I was having with Catherine. And that's what made the decision. The I guess the level of fun he had with her. Goldini asked him if he knows what he's going to do tonight. Zach's like, nope, I don't know. It's hard. They hug and he leaves. That's it. Nothing of substance said here. Just a reminder. Look, Goldini. Look, Goldini. I mean, that's all this was. <laughs> this was fucking, it was nothing. It, no, it was pointless. It was pointless. Portion 10 begins. Portion 10 begins with DLP checking in on the love levels with each player as they approach this rose ceremony. You can tell there's a lot more pomp and circumstance to this rose ceremony. They get their own private entrance. And Katie updates, I've let down all my walls. Charity says, he's making me feel seen. Her kind of catchphrase. She produces tears here. I mean, Charity just, the tear play is incredible. We get the rose ceremony. Zach says it's an impossible decision, but first flower, Ariel, two, Katie, three, Gabby. Goodbye, Charity. She produces tears again. He takes her to the dumping bench and says, I was sick to my stomach all day. I just made the decision. It might be the wrong one. She's like, no, stop. It was a bittersweet experience. <laughs> but it's also like, what he, what is he saying there? He's sick to his stomach all day. This might be the wrong decision. Who? Okay, so he could have picked somebody else that he knows isn't going to be the ring winner. That's basically what he's saying here. I could have strung somebody else along for a minute. I don't know. It, it just doesn't make any sense. I don't know. It's like trying to be like, you're not worse than them. It, it's it's trying to make the breakup go easier. I get it, but... It, I mean, I guess they have their roles to play. I guess they have to make this more dramatic than it is. But I think the majority of the audience now knows, the fourth audience, I mean... Bachelors pick like the top two or three on night one and everything else is a lie. I think most people know that. I don't think people know that. I don't think they do. Not at all. Really? Most people don't know that? Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. All right. Well, so be it. But, uh... Uh, You think all the angry people you you dumped this person on the internet... It's a lot of those people. I always take that as just pro wrestling. I mean, I know some people think it's real for sure, but in moments like this where he says, I might be making the wrong decision here. Like, I think most people know that's bullshit. That he's trying to like uh, paint himself in a little bit more of a good guy light. Oh, no, I don't think he actually, I don't think he actually was considering charity for ring winner. Or whoever else he's talking about. I think he probably did have like some tough decision between maybe like her and Ariel or something, you know? Gabby and Katie. That's, I mean, that's my guess for Ring Winner. Yeah, I agree. But he tells her, you deserve all the love. I'm grateful to know you. We get this promo 
most important from this promo, a beautiful moment was robbed. <laughs> Someone took Zach's virginity in the fantasy suites. Is that what you're getting out of that? And then it came out. You think that you think he'll be mad at somebody? I think he slips up. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Because he, he says, I was intimate with somebody. Yeah. Then next week, it's called sex week. I will not have sex. Now you've got to see it. Zach is delicious. Yeah, I think he says, I'm not going to have sex. And then he slips up. And then mm -hmm. it gets tarnished. This beautiful moment of them making love gets tarnished by the other people's emotional reactions or something. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see what's going to happen. We have Women Tell All tomorrow, though. We saw a bunch of stuff from there as well. If the shoe fits, looks like Brooklyn's going to get her uh, catchphrase back. Somebody's cat's accusing somebody of having a boyfriend on the show. Uh, a night where everyone has something to say. And we see all the hot seats and stuff. And one woman's life is about to change forever tomorrow night. That looks like a Bachelorette reveal to me. We shall see. It does. But we've been tricked before. That is true. Um, then we get this tag where Gabby and Zach are still drinking their syrup. We didn't want to see it in the first place. We don't want to see it now. This conversation is much more interesting and is what should have been in the show. Zach admits that he puts uh, <laughs> mustard on his pancakes and Gabby admits to never having eaten mustard or ranch dressing. That's more knowledge about these two people <laughs> than I've seen the entire season. I know them better from that than I know them from anything else I've seen. Can we at least see Zach ask... Ariel, her birthday or her middle name. That would have been a great fucking tag. Maybe they'll do that in the fantasy suite. They really should do it. It's a gimme. But that's it. That was Hometowns. This season, who was your MVP? For a beautifully played hometown date for her gentle 4TRR brother play and friend play. I give her credit for that. Mm. And for her love level perfectly timed love level three charity it was my m m m m v p interesting i just think she had next bachelorette edit yeah on this episode out of anyone they're building her up. We need to give her this fairy tale. She's owed this. She deserves love. Do you, I mean, do you feel like someone else is being built up that way? No. And she also seemed very ready for it. I got vibes that maybe she already knew she was the bachelorette in that moment. Um, because she mm. she said something in her exit speech that was like, Conspiracy you know, this sucks and, and whatever. But it just means I'm one step closer to being with the person I'm meant to be with. She was already like over it and moving on. I think that's the best bachelorette line. Like that's what you want to say in your limo exit. I agree. You know? Yeah. But uh, she was not my MVP. Katie was my... M-M-M-M-M-V-P. I just thought the way she handled her pre-meeting of the family, the meeting of the family itself, building up that final mom wall, taking it down, getting the approval, getting the blessing. Uh, again, nothing flashy here, but it was textbook, got the job done, mm -hmm. raised the love level at the end. Like it, It's just nothing was wrong with it. 100% perfect. Are we going to remember it in history? Probably not. But <laughs> in tonight's game, it was, I thought, the best overall hometown. 
Yeah, this was not my favorite hometowns episode of all time. I'm not going to lie. I felt it really was, it felt just kind of shaved down to the bare minimum. Yeah, I mean, I, sometimes I'll think about season 24 as just like a like fantasy. The hometowns of that year, you had Madison Pruitt taking him to the whatever fucking Auburn college her dad coached at and having Charles Barkley say something on a, a jumbotron while she schooled his ass in basketball. You had fucking Victoria Fuller get in a fight with them on the porch of the house. I mean, that's the one I immediately thought of. To me, that was the historical Oh, one. God. <laughs> that season was so fucking good. Anyway, I digress. Um, that is it. That wraps up our hometown coverage. Thank you very much for joining us. We will be back tomorrow with coverage of the Women Tell All episode. This is effectively every player's last chance to show the producers why they should be invited to paradise. So um, I'm sure everybody's coming in hot. They're going to want to get on camera. They're going to be saying as much as they can, doing as much crazy shit as they can. This is really like, this is the pro wrestling uh, match that I love every season. So we hope you'll join us for that as well. Who are you excited about? I'm excited to see Brooklyn. I feel like she's a Women Tell All player. Brooklyn for sure. But also Cat. I felt like Cat, uh, who had not Catherine Cat, but Cat C A T. C A T. Yeah, the the cat that got eliminated earlier in the season. I really was sad when she got eliminated. She was a fantastic face player. I want to see more of her in any capacity that I can. Um, and I think she in the promo was the one who's accusing somebody of having a boyfriend when they came in the show. So she's doing producers' dirty work for <laughs> sure in in that regard. But uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm curious to see her. I think she's the one that I'm looking out for the most. But we hope you'll join us. And before we go, as always, what is that Dwabat? It has been 7,659 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be Dark Lord Palmer. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then 